Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 12. Two weeks later, Callie was back at work, and it was as if she'd never been kidnapped by Lopez's men or gone to Nase with Micah. Despite the excitement and adventures, she hadn't told anyone except Mr. Kep the truth about what had happened, and she let him think that Lopez had died in a freak accident to protect Micah. Micah had walked her to the concourse and kissed her goodbye in such a strange, breathless, tender way that it had kept her from sleeping much since she'd been back. The look in his eyes had been fascinating, but she was still trying to decide what she'd seen there. He said he'd seen her soon. She had no idea what he meant. It was like leaving part of herself behind when she got on that plane. She cried all the way to Miami, where she got on a plane to San Antonio, and then a charter flight to Jacobsville from there. Micah's father was much better and so glad to see her that he cried, too. She dismissed the nurse who'd been staying with him with gratitude and a check. But the nurse refused the check. She'd already been paid for paid her fee in advance, she told him Miss defied Callie. She left, and Callie and Jack settled back into their comfortable routine. I feel better than I have in years, Jack Steele told her with a grin at supper one evening. It makes me proud that my son wanted to protect me as well as you. Micah loves you terribly, she assured him. He just had a hard time showing it, that's all. You think so? I do. I'm sure he'll come and see you if you let him. He gave her a particular look and pushed his lips. I'll let Micah come here if you do something for me. What? He leaned back in his chair. His features reminded her of Micah in a stubborn If you'll make peace with your father, he said. She let out a surprise gasp. I knew you'd take it like that, he said. But he's phoned here every single day since you left. He told me some cook and bull story about a drug dealer named Lopez. He said he'd heard from a friend in law enforcement that Lopez had kidnapped you and taken you to Mexico. I thought he was full of bull, and I told him so, but he kept phoning. I guess it was a good excuse to mend fences. A man that persistent should at least have a hearing. She gave down. You didn't believe him about Lopez? <laughs> His tone surprised her. No, of course not. The expression was very disturbing. He smiled. Callie, that wasn't true. You really did go take care of that aunt Micah told me about. Jack. I don't have an aunt, she said her heavily. Lopez did kidnap me. Mikey came and got me out himself. He went right into Lopez's house and rescued me. My son, storming drug dealers later, she explained. Are you kidding? Oh, I didn't want you to have to find out like this. You're I should have bitten my tongue off. He was shocked. Micah got you out, he repeated. She leaned across the table and took his arthritic hand in hers and held him. There's no easy way to say this, but you'll have to know. I'm not sure Micah wants you to know, but I don't have a choice anymore. Dad, Mike is a professional mercenary, she told him evenly, and he's very good at it. He repelled from Lopez's roof, driving into a bedroom, and rescued me from a man who was going to kill me. We're both fine. He got me away and out of the country and took me home with him to Nasi. He lured Lopez in, and Lopez's boat was blown up in a freak accident. Jack let out the breath he'd been on. The things you learn about people you thought you knew. My own son, and he never told me. She grimaced. I'm not sure he ever would. He's very brave, Jack. He isn't really money-hungry, although it sounds as if he is. I'd never have survived without him. His men are just the same. Dedicated professionals who really care about what they do. They're not gonna gang. They're not a gang of thugs. Jack sat behind his chair again, growling. You know, it doesn't make some sort of, it does make some sort of sense. Came home, Brett bandaged. You remember that time? He said he had a bad fall, but I saw him accidentally without the bandage, and it looked like a bullet wound to me. 
It probably was, she said. He has scars on his back, too. She frowned, trying to understand how she knew that. She'd seen Michael with his shirt unbuttoned and nasty, but never with it off completely. How would she know he had scars down his back? She put that hat over my... There's something else I found out, Shannon. My mother was there last year, staying with him. Jack's face hurt him once. No, it's not what you're thinking, she said quickly. That's what my thought, too, but she asked Micah for help. She's married to a British Earl who has cancer. There was a clinic near Micah, and he let them stay with him while the Earl was treated. He's impoverished, and I suspected that Micah paid for the treatments, too, although he didn't admit it. She smiled. He says, Mother's really in love this time. She wanted to make peace with both of us as well, but she didn't think it would be possible. Not for me, Jack said quietly. She cost me a lot. She cost me more, she agreed. But you can't hate people forever. It only hurts you in the end. You have to forgive unless you want to live in torment forever. How did you get wise at your age, he asked, smiling as she tried to lighten me. I had a lot of hard knocks. I learned early how terrifying a thing hatred is. She touched his hand gently. Micah loves you so much. You can't imagine how it hurt him when he thought he betrayed you. When you thought he betrayed you with mother. He's been bitter, too. I wouldn't let him talk about it, he said. I should have listened. He's never lied to me, except maybe by omission. He sighed with a I never would have guessed he'd have been in such a profession. She laughed. Neither would I, she sighed. He can't, he can't give it up, of course. He told me he had no ambition whatsoever to settle down and have a family. I never really saw him as a family man, he said he curiously. But you wish he was, he said it perceptively. Her grace fell to the table. I love him, she said Emily. I always have. But he's got all the women in he's got all the women in his life that he needs already. Beautiful women. One of them took me shopping when he first got to Nasi. You have ties with him that no other woman will ever have. If he didn't care about you, he certainly wouldn't have risked his own life to rescue you, he remarked. He did it for you because he knows you love me, she said. That's why. He pursed his lips and his eyes narrowed as he studied her. Think so? I wonder. She got up. I'll fix dinner. Then I guess I'll try to phone my father. Remember what you said about forgiving people, Callie, he reminded Your mother told him a lot of lies. He believed her, but maybe it was easier to believe her when he knew she was taking you away. He was going to lose you anyway. She didn't take me away, she said coldly. He threw me out. She put me in foster care immediately. Yes, I know. Your father told me. He only just found out. Found out how? She explained. Apparently, he hired a private detective, he said gently. He was, he was appalled at how he'd been treated, Callie. He blames himself. She moved restlessly, her eyes glancing at him. You're the only father I've ever known, he grinned. He'll always have me, but give the man a chance. It's not as bad as you remember him being, this mopping. Maybe like your mother. He's found time to face himself in his mistakes. She turned away. Okay. I guess it wouldn't hurt to talk to him. She phoned, but her father was out of the country. She left a message for him on his answer machine, a stumbling sort of greeting in her phone number. If he hadn't give up on her, he might try again. The next week dragged. She missed Micah. She felt tired. She wondered if all the excitement of the past few weeks wasn't catching up with her. She also seemed to have stopped having a period. She'd always been regular and never skipped. And then she remembered that odd spotting in Nasi. She grimaced. Must be some sort of female problem. She'd have to make an appointment to see Dr. Luke Coltrane. She made the appointment from work just after she got back from lunch. When she hung up, her boss, Blake Kelp, was speaking to someone in his office. The door just having open so that he could show his client out. Yes, he phoned me a couple of days ago. The client was saying, He used to hate Jacobsville, which makes it even stranger. We were all shocked. Yes, Kepler replied. He had a whole island, didn't he? He already sold up 
He already sold up there, and he's got big plans for the Colbert Ranch property. He owns several thoroughbreds, which he's having shipped here from New Providence. He plans to have one of the best racing stables in Texas, from what he says. He says he's giving up the business as well and coming back here to live. That's another odd thing. He mentioned going back to medical school and finishing his residency. Kept show. He's good at what he do used to do. He's patched me up enough over the years. The tall man with the green eyes, favoring a burned forearm and hand, glanced at Callie, noted her shock face. Yes, Callie, I'm talking about your stepbrother. I don't guess you and Jack Steele knew a thing about this, did you? She shook her head. She stunned to speak. That's like Micah, the client chuckled. He always was secretive. Well, Callie, you look none the worse for wear after your ordeal. She finally realized who the client was. That was Cy Parks. She knew that he and Micah were friends, but until recently she hadn't known that they shared the same profession. Micah's moving here? She asked involuntarily. He is, I told her. But don't tell him you heard me say so. He had a twinkle in his green eyes. I don't need to lose any more teeth. Sure, thanks, Mr. Parks, he said with a smile. You couldn't stop talking about how brave you were. You know, he added honestly, he was so proud of you. She blessed, he never said so. He doesn't usually smile. Your father will enjoy having him home, too. She nodded. He's proud of my guy. Had to tell him the truth. He'd be over the moon to think that Mike is coming home. He'd missed him. That goes both ways. Glad to see him making an attempt to settle down. He added with a chuckle. I can't. I can recommend it highly. I never expected so much happiness in my own life. Lisa's pregnant, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a boy. We're both over the moon. Babies are nice, Callie said wistfully. Thanks for telling me about Micah, Mr. Parks. Make it sigh, he told her. I expect we'll be seeing each other. Cap, walk me out. I want to ask you something. Sure thing. The men walked out onto the sidewalk, and Callie stared at her computer screen with trembling fingers on the keypad keyboard. Mike had sold his island? He was coming to live in Jacobsville? Was Lisa coming with him? Had they made up in spite of what he said about her? Was he going to marry the beautiful blonde and set up housekeeping here? If he was, she couldn't bear to stay in Jacobsville. She felt like bawling. Her emotions had been all over the place lately, along with the sudden bouts of fatigue and an odd nausea at night in a missing period. She was like... She was likely to cry at the drop of a hat. She remembered a girlfriend having all those same symptoms, but of course, the girlfriend had been pregnant. That wasn't possible in her case. An erotic dream did not produce conception. After all, she was going to see the doctor the next day anyway. She knew what was wrong then. If anything else, she hoped it was nothing too terrible. When she got home that evening, the doctor, the office... Everything went right out of her head. There was a black Porsche convertible sitting in the driveway. With her heart pounding like mad, she got out and rushed up the front steps and into the apartment house. She opened her own door, which was unlocked, and there was Micah sitting at the dining room table with Jack Steele while they stared, shared a pot of coffee. Micah! She explained everything she felt, showing helplessly on her face. He got to his feet, his face somber and only watchful. Hello, Callie, he said quietly. I thought, I mean, I didn't think. The room was swirling around her. She felt an odd numbness in her face and everything went white. Micah rushed forward and caught her up in his arms before she hit the floor. Her bedroom's through there, Jack told her. Told him. She's been acting very odd lately. Tired and goes to bed early. I'll make another pot of coffee. Thanks, Dad. Micah carried her to her room and laid her down gently on the white coverlet of her bed. Her fingers were like ice. Brushed back her disheveled hair, and his heart clenched at just the sight of her. He missed her until it was anguish not to hear her voice, see her face. She moaned, and her eyes opened slowly, looking up into his. She was faintly nauseous, and her throat felt tight.
I feel awful, Micah, she whispered. But I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you, too, he replied, but he didn't look it. He looked worried, his big hand flattened on her belly, resting there very gently. He leaned close, and his lips touched her eyelids, closing them. They moved down her face, over her cheek, to her soft lips, and he kissed her with breathless tenderly. Kelly, he whispered, and his lips became hard and insistent, as if he couldn't help himself. She opened her mouth to him unconsciously, and her arms went around his neck, pulling him down. She forgot about Lissa, about everything. She kissed him back hungrily. All the weeks apart might never been. She loved him so. After a long minute, he forced himself to lift his head. She drew a long, hard breath. He looked down when his hand was resting on her belly. It wasn't swollen yet, but he was certain, somehow, that she was carrying his child. Why are you doing that? She asked, watching his hands move over. So, I don't know how to tell you, he replied gently. Kelly, do you remember the night Lopez men tried to kidnap you again? Do you remember that I gave you a sedative? Yes, he said, smiling nervously. And you had an erotic dream, he continued. Yes, she sipped it on the cover. I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> we have to, Kelly. I... How about some coffee? Jack still has poking in his head through the door. I just made a fresh pot. I'd like some, Kelly said with a forced smile. I'd like something to eat too. I'm so empty. <laughs> That's what you think, Micah said under his breath. He stared down at her with twinkling eyes and a smile, unlike any smile she ever seen on his lips before. You look very strange, she commented. Don't I always? She laughed gently. Cy Parks was in Mr. Kep's office today, she said as he helped as he helped her to her feet. He said you were moving here. Oops, I promise not to say anything to you. Please don't get mad at it, Micah. It's no big secret, he said gently. In small towns, everybody knows what's going on. It's all right. You really are coming back here? Her wide eyes and fascinating expression made him tingle all over. I am. I'm going to breed thoroughbreds. It's something I've always had an interest in. I might finish my residency as well. Jacobsville can always use another doctor. I guess so. I have to go see Dr. Luke Coulter tomorrow. I think I might have a female problem. She said absolutely as they started out of the bedroom. Tomorrow. After lunch, she said, Don't tell Dad. She said, holding him back by the sleeve before they left her. I don't want him to worry. It'd probably scare him when I fainted. It scared me too, she confessed. Touched her hair gently. He wanted to tell her, but he didn't know how. He needed to talk to Luke Coltrane first. This had to be done very carefully, so that Callie didn't feel he was being forced into a decision he didn't want to make. She searched his eyes. You look so tired, Micah, she said softly. I don't sleep well since you left the island. He replied, I'm worried about you. I'm doing okay, she said at once. Want to reassure I don't even have nightmares. She looked down at her head honestly. Micah, is this a mean? Will she come to you? Lissa's history, I told you that when you left. I meant it. She's so beautiful, she said huskily. He frowned, tipping her face up to his with a hand on her chin. You're beautiful yourself, didn't you know? He asked her. You have this big, open heart that always thinks of other people first. You have a generous spirit that makes me feel selfish by comparison. You glow, Callie. He smiles off. That's real beauty. That's real beauty. The kind you don't buy in the cosmetic section of the department store. Lissa can't hold a candle to you. The smile fit. No woman on earth could right now. You're pure magic to me, Callie. You're the whole world. That sounded serious. She just stared at him, transfixed, while she tried to decipher what he was saying. Coffee? Jack still repeated a little more loudly. They both jumped when they saw him there. Then they laughed and moved out of the bedroom. Jack poured coffee into mugs and Mikey carried Callie hers. Feeling better? 
Jughead. Oh, yes, she said the excitement. She was feeling so plain on her face that Micah went, Much better. <laughs> Micah stayed near Callie for the rest of the evening till he had to go. She fixed them a meal and had barely been able to eat a bite of it. She had little appetite, but mostly she was too excited. Micah was watching her as if everything she did fascinated him. All her dreams of love seemed to be coming true. She couldn't believe the way he was looking at her. It made her tingle. She walked out with him after he said his goodbye. Good nights to his father. You could stay, she said. I can't sleep on that dinky little sofa and dad's in a twin bed. So unless you're offering to share your nice big double bed. He teased as they paused by the driver's side of his car. She was like, stop it. He touched her cheek with his forefinger. There's something I wanted to ask you. I can't seem to find a way to do it. What? You can ask me anything, she said softly. He bent brushed his mouth over hers. Not yet. Come here and kiss me. We have neighbors, she protested weakly. But he already lifted her clear off the ground, and he was kissing her as if there was no tomorrow. She held on and kissed him back with all her might. Two young boys on skateboards were whizzing by with long, insinuating wolf whistles. Mike lifted his head and gave them all a Everyone's a critic, he murmured. I'm not complaining, she whispered. Come back here. He kissed her again and then reluctantly put her back on her feet. Unless you want to make love on the hood of the car, we better put on the brakes. He looked around. Most people appeared incredibly that they were, would be hordes of passerbyers at this hour in a small Texas town. He glared at two couples, sauteing by. They grinned. That's Mr. and Mrs. Harris, and behind them is Mr. Harris's son and Jill Williams' daughter. They're going steady, she explained. They know me, but I'm not in the habit of being kissed by handsome men and Porsches. They're curious, he nodded over his shoulder. And her, she followed where he was looking. That's old Mrs. Smith. She grows roses. Yes, she seems to be pruning them. He checked his watch. Ten o'clock at night, and it is an odd hour to do that, isn't it? Oh, she just doesn't want to look as if she's staring, she explained. She thinks it would embarrass us, she added in a whisper. I expect she thinks we're courting. He twirled a strand of dark hair around his finger. Aren't we? He asked with a gentle smile. Courting? She sounded breathless. She couldn't help it. You know, you're very old-fashioned, Callie. In some way, so am I. But you better know up front that I'm not playing. You already said you didn't want to settle down. She said nodding in a nodding agreement. That isn't what I mean. Then what do you mean? Hello, Callie, came an exasperated call from the window down upstairs. It was Marina Ruiz. Maria Ruiz, who was visiting her aunt who lived upstairs. She was 16 and vicious. Isn't it a lovely night? Lovely? Who's the dish? The younger woman asked with an outrageous grin. He's a real hunk. Does he belong to you or is he up for grabs? Sorry, I'm taken. Micah told him. Just my luck, she said. Well, good night. She closed the windows and the curtains went back inside. Callie laughed off. She's such a doll. She looks in on Dad when her aunt's working. I told you about her aunt. She doesn't speak any English. He bent again and kissed her lazily. He tastes like roses. He whispered against her mouth. He enfolded her against him. Shivering a little as his body responded instantly to the feel of hers against him. Began to swell. He groaned softly as he kissed her. Micah, you're... She felt the hard crush of his mouth, and she moaned, too. It was as if she'd felt him like this before, but a much greater intimacy. It was as if they'd been lovers. She held on tight and kissed him until she was shivering, too. His mouth slid across her cheek to her ear, and he was breathing as roughly as she was. I want you. He bit off, holding her brush and close. I want you so much, Callie. 
I'm sorry, she choked. I can't. He took the breath, trying to keep himself in check. He had to stop this. It was too soon. It was much too soon. It may not seem like it, but I'm not asking you to. He said, it's just that there are things you don't know, Callie, and I don't know how to tell them to you. Bad things? He let out a slow breath. Magical things, he whispered, cradling her in his arms as he thought about the baby. He was certain she was carrying his eyes closed as he held her. The most magical sort of things. I've never felt like this in my life. She wanted so much to ask him what he was feeling, but she was too shy. Perhaps if she didn't push him, he might like her. He sounded as if he did. She smiled suddenly close to him, completely unintimidated with the hard desire of his body. She loved making him feel this way. He smoothed over her hair with a hand that wasn't quite steady. His body ached, and even though that was sweet, the weeks without her had been pure hell. Soon, he said, Eggman after me. Very soon. What? He kissed her hair. Nothing. I better go. Mrs. Smith is cutting the tops of the roses. Any minute now, there won't even be a bud left. She glanced past his shoulder. She giggled helplessly. The romantic old woman was so busy watching them that she macerated her prize roses. She wins ribbons for them, you know, she murmured. She won't have any left. She's having the time of her life, she whispered. Her boyfriend married her sister. They haven't spoken in 30 years, and she's never even looked at another man. She reads romance novels and watches movies and dreams. This is as close as she's likely to get to hot romance, even if it isn't hers. It certainly is, he whispered quickly. And if I don't get out of here very soon, she's going to see more than she bargained for. And so are you. Really, she sees his hand slid in the base of her spine, pushed her close to him. Her eyes held, his eyes held a very worldly amusement at her gasp, really. He whispered, he bent and kissed her one last time, go inside. She forced herself to step back from him. What about Bonjo and Peter and Rodrigo and Paco and Maddie? She asked suddenly. Bonjo was being groomed to take over the group. He's good at giving orders, and he knows how we operate. I'll be a consultant. But why? She asked in trees. And why come back to Dickensville to raise horses? When you're ready for those answers, I'll give them to you. He said with a gentle smile. But not tonight. I'll be in touch. Good night. He was in the car and gone before she could get another word out. Several doors down, Mrs. Smith was muttering as she looked at the rosebuds lying heaped around her feet. The skateboarders were passing in with another round of wolf whistles. The couple's walking gave her long, wicked grins. Callie went back inside wondering if she could give them all a bow before she went inside. The end of chapter 12.